Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The kidnap, rape and murder of Sarah Everard in March 2021 and the police response to a vigil held in her memory posed big questions for the police. Who polices them? The police are supposed to protect the public, but actually the police have been attracting many of the lurid headlines that are usually reserved for criminals. Now, an investigation by Times reporters has found that 145 police officers have been convicted of serious crimes since Everard's murder. So there were 27 rapes and or sexual assaults, 14 counts of sexual harassment. There were 27 offences against vulnerable victims. These are officers who've been called to take statements, to attend to vulnerable women in times of distress. When a public servant employed to combat crime themselves commits a crime, how does the public find out? And how do they retain trust in the force? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Jane Mulkerins. Today, the police officers breaking the law. I'm David Wood and I'm the crime correspondent for The Times. I'm Fiona Hamilton. I'm the chief reporter at The Times. And before that? I was the crime and security editor. And how long did you do that for? A very long time. (laughs) (laughs) About six or so years, but I covered crime for over a decade. David, can you tell us a little bit about Sam Grigg? Who is he and what did he do? Sam Grigg was a Metropolitan Police Officer based at Mitcham Police Station in southwest London. And in December last year, he was charged with false imprisonment and assault. And what had he done? He had tied his female housemate up without her consent. She was making lunch one afternoon and, without warning or explanation, Grig approached her and tried to tie her hands behind her back. She repeatedly resisted... She asked him what he was doing, and he appeared to find it funny. He succeeded in tying her hands, and then he lifted her up, took her to a sofa, where he taped her mouth and bound her legs. She managed to work the tape away from her mouth, and he was only interrupted when someone knocked at the door. The court was told that the young woman crawled to the kitchen, where she tried to open a kitchen cabinet. 
When he eventually cut her free, he accidentally cut her on her ankle. And she told him, don't do that again. And he said, what are you going to do? And she said, well, tell somebody. He said, who are you going to tell? I'm the police. And did she ever tell the police? Yes, she told the police, I think four days later. And Greg was arrested during a search of his home. They found two police-issue handcuffs, two lock buttons. They found a gag, a ball, two rolls of duct tape and another pair of handcuffs. David, this is just absolutely horrifying. I mean... On its own, it's a horrifying story, but this is just one of 145 stories that you've pulled together in an investigation about the conviction of police officers. How did you start? I started back in March. Fiona and I were just out of desks and an email dropped into Fiona's inbox and she asked me if I'd seen it. And about a minute later, it appeared in mine and it was about a police officer who had been convicted of sexual assault. Now, what was unusual about that was that we didn't know the officer's name. We hadn't come across him before. We keep a forward planner where we put on notable dates for report releases, upcoming court cases, that type of stuff. And his name wasn't on there. Checked our emails, no mention. And so the alarm bell starts to ring. A police officer has been charged, gone through a criminal trial, has been convicted, and yet we reporters we didn't know and also crucially the public didn't know. So I'm guessing the normal process would be you'd hear about the charge before that person was going to be in court so yeah. that you could be there. You normally will get a email from a police force saying a serving officer has been charged with X crime and they're due to appear at X magistrate's court either today or tomorrow and we get along if we can. So How did you proceed from there? How did you begin to look into this particular incident? Well, we started by contacting the relevant police force and we asked them what's going on, what's happened. And the response was it was a, quote, oversight on their part. And by the time they'd realised, it would have been too late to press release the charge. So they thought they'd wait till conviction. Obviously, we pushed back and said, well, how were we ever meant to follow the case? What about the victim survivor? Surely they would have wanted to have their time in court and sometimes we can aid that by essentially reporting what's happened. Um, We weren't able to do that in this case. So Fiona, did this make you wonder whether this had potentially happened in other cases? Yes, certainly. And I think also because of the scale of change that is going on in the police service at the moment and this really concerted effort to sort of root out the rogues, as it were. It means that every couple of days, really, in courtrooms across the country, police officers are being charged with criminal offences. And the scale of it is is huge. It's bigger than anything that I've seen before as a crime reporter. So trying to follow that through, we certainly rely on the transparency of police press officers, which is sometimes found wanting, not always, but sometimes. And we lack the resources to attend every single courtroom in the country. So we lack the staff. And so this was thought to be quite a good exercise at seeing just how far this has gone and how many people have been convicted in the last couple of years. 
And I mean, it really has felt as a, as a crime reporter that, you know, the police are supposed to protect the public, but actually the police have been attracting many of the lurid headlines that are usually reserved for criminals. And that really goes to a massive trust and confidence issue that the public have in their police service. And so that is of great interest to us. He's a man who used his role training young, aspiring officers as a way into sexually assaulting them. During his trial, the jury heard how Adnan Ali used the cadet scheme as a grooming playground. Once again, a serial rapist in a police uniform. 44-year-old Adam Proven used his position to attack a female colleague and a 16-year-old girl. During her sentencing, the judge described how David Carrick took monstrous advantage of women. He'll serve a minimum of 30 years in prison. Sarah Everard's final hours said the judge as bleak and agonising as it's possible to imagine. For that, Wayne Cousins will never be released from prison, a rare whole-life term because he perverted his power as a police officer. We found... 200 police officers in England and Wales have been convicted of crimes since March 2021. And it's possible there are more. And when we went through the data, we removed those who had convictions for low-level crimes, such as theft, computer misuse, drink driving and a fray. And that left 145 serious offences. And of course, we didn't arbitrarily pick March 2021 as a sort of starting point to have a look at this. The reason we did that was because that was when the Metropolitan Police Officer uh, Wayne Cousins abducted, raped and murdered Sarah Everard. And the outcry and the horror that that caused across the country was a real watershed moment for the police. But actually, the writing had been on the wall for years and there had been signs of predatory police officers for years and years and years. And Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary, which is the independent watchdog, had warned about the issue of police abusing their position for sexual purpose. And there was some work being done on it, but it took the utter tragedy and utter preventability of Sarah Everard's murder for this to become a national issue and for the police service to really take action. So, David, this is 145 convictions of serious offences since March 2021, which was the murder of Sarah Everard, let's not forget, by a police officer. Give me a flavour of what sort of offences we're talking about here. It runs from everything from rape, sexual assault, harassment, stalking, occasioning actual bodily harm, voyeurism, making indecent images of children. Looking at the data, I think it was just over a third, involves sexual offending of some sort. And how widespread are they? What sort of numbers are we talking about in terms of the forces? We looked at all 43 police forces in England and Wales, and 34 of them had officers for which we could find had convictions. So only nine forces didn't have convicted officers? That we could find data for, Mm. yeah. And when we looked closer... The Met is the largest police force in the country. They employ one in four officers. They had the most number of convicted officers. And then it was Greater Manchester Police and then West Midlands. And that's kind of broadly in line with 
the rest of the country in terms of how big their police force areas are. How did it break down in terms of gender? Were there any female police officers amongst this number? Yes, there were six female police officers. So six out of 145? Yeah. Okay. And how did you compile these numbers? Did you put in things like freedom of information requests or call press officers? No, we used open source materials, so court databases, press releases, CPS releases. Myself and Finn, we've covered a lot of the cases, some of them between us, so we were able to just reel off the names and then go back and find the stories, the convictions, the charges. If you haven't, could you take us through some of that data in a bit more detail? So you said that there was rapes, there were other violent offences, there was theft, there was fraud. Can you drill down a little into how they break down? So there were 27 rapes and or sexual assaults, 14 counts of sexual harassment. There were 27 offences against vulnerable victims. And that was the one that actually... That did surprise me when I was going through because essentially these are officers who've been called to take statements, to attend to vulnerable women in times of distress. They've done their job and then they've contacted them, many through Snapchat, many through text messages, going back to their addresses. Some of them sent inappropriate memes, pictures of their genitals. In one case, a woman was arrested and taken into police custody. And the following day, she went home and noticed she had a message on Snapchat. And it was from an unknown person. And it said, I wish I'd come into your cell last night. And she worked it out to have been the police officer who arrested her. And she said that she found several friend requests from different accounts, which then was linked to the same officer who arrested her the night before. How many of these officers were on duty at the time when they committed these offences? Just shy of 40% of the officers were on duty at the time. And, and of course, you know, that really underlines the importance of this exercise because a lot of them were in abusing their police powers to carry out crimes. Do we know how many were committed inside police stations? We don't have a breakdown of that. And actually, one of the things that surprised me when we embarked on this exercise is I contacted the Crown Prosecution Service and the Metropolitan Police and a couple of other police forces to say, oh, could I please have your your list of convicted police officers? And they, they say they don't keep them. So that makes having that kind of data very difficult. And I'm quite surprised at that, that this is undoubtedly the single biggest issue facing the police service, that the extent of problem and rogue police officers so to not keep a convictions list is surprising in the least but it does mean that we can't be unequivocal about some of the details coming up what are police forces doing about the problem of rogue officers How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Fiona, we've been talking about these crimes of a sexual nature, which dominate a lot of these convictions. But they're by no means the only type carried out. Tell me about Sergeant Frank Partridge. So there's been a series of crimes that we've talked about, about police officers who have committed really heinous acts and particularly sexual offences that are so shocking. In the cohort of convicted officers, there's such a range of offences and they're certainly not like for like, but perhaps the commonality of some of these cases is the abuse of position, the manipulation of that position and, and in some cases the intimidation of victims. And the case of Frank Partridge is a good one to have a look at in terms of how police might abuse their powers in other ways. So Sergeant Frank Partridge worked at the Metropolitan Police for about 25 years but he moved in 2013 to the Westminster Licensing Department, which is an interesting area of the Met that wields quite a lot of power. And the power base is in Soho, in the nightclub district of London, because the Metropolitan Police's Westminster officers make recommendations to the council's planning department about which security companies could do work or which premises might be able to hold licences. And so Frank Partridge used his position to procure all kinds of not only inappropriate but illegal advantages. So from uh, nightclub owners and from the owners of security companies, he received all sorts of really quite lavish gifts, tickets to concerts. He had his suit tailoring paid for on some occasions. He uh, was sent to fancy fundraisers, one of which was with Elton John, the top expensive restaurants in the district. Uh, his home in Leighton Buzzard had a, had a renovation paid for and he had denied but was convicted of also using prostitutes paid for by a nightclub owner. This is in very recent memory. 
this just feels like something from kind of 1970s television drama. It's all a bit ashes to ashes or life on life Mars, Mars, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Which made it a very fascinating story because it's not an area of the Met, I suppose, as a crime reporter, you often have a look into. I mean, I'm very concerned with the murder squad and, you know, the big ticket crimes that are going on. And you don't think a licensing officer is probably going to, to stoke your interest, but this one certainly did. Fiona, the focus on police officers the people who, as we've said, are employed to protect us. Breaking the law themselves has really intensified since the case of Sarah Everard, both from the public, but also from the police forces themselves. So what are they doing about this problem? So at the Metropolitan Police and also other forces across the country, there is a drive to improve standards and to get rid of officers who don't meet those standards and who are guilty of misconduct. And certainly officers who would have had a reprieve before all of this. So I could probably broadly split it into two categories. The first is to try and improve public confidence by improving the way they investigate violence against women and girls. Because, as we've already said, a large chunk of these kinds of offences committed by police officers do involve violence against women and girls and sex offences. So there's better training, there's beefed up resources into domestic violence units, there's a different approach to sex offences, and they're generally trying to bring in government organisations, bring in charities to help the investigating of that crime and try and make those sorts of crimes, the approach to them, much more victim-led rather than suspect-led. And then on the other hand, there's the kind of the cull that is ongoing. And I mean, in, in the Met, it is the biggest cull since Sir Robert Mark drove out about 400 corrupt officers in the 1970s. A bent detective not only is himself a, a wrongdoer, not only does he do irreparable harm to a body of men who little deserve to be discredited in that way, but he harms the whole fabric of public confidence and he can look to no mercy at all from me. So Mark Rowley has embarked on this in a number of ways. He's revetting all of his officers. He is examining any officer who has had a history in the past 10 years of a complaint of sexual violence or domestic violence. They're going back and looking at those cases to see whether the right outcomes were made. They're doing undercover work where they're trying to see what officers react to in certain situations. They're beefing up professional standards so there are more officers investigating other officers and they've warned that they're going to have a massively increased number of misconduct cases going through the disciplinary process over the coming years and also Sir Mark Rowley said earlier this year that he thought that there would be two or three metropolitan police officers in the criminal courts a week for the foreseeable future. There must be hundreds in the organisation that I need to get rid of. Some of them are unethical and don't deserve to be a cop and don't deserve to be wearing the uniform and some of what they're doing in, in many cases is criminal. That's a phenomenal number. Yes, it really is and it does show the scale of, of what's going on at the force. So David, when you and Fiona started putting together this report and got a sense of the numbers, were you shocked by any of it, either by the scale of it or by the nature of some of these offences? Honestly, not really. After the murder of Sarah Everard... There were lots of pronouncements from senior police officers and chief constables around the country talking about how it was a watershed moment. 
And yet there's been scores of police officers who've continued to break the law. Essentially, the people who are meant to protect and police us have struggled to police themselves. And what do you think that does mean for people, for the public's trust in the police? I think there's a long way to go to restore that. We see that across so many different communities. Violence against women and girls, the black communities around the country, LGBT communities around the country, various religious communities and different faith groups around the country. I think there needs to be a reset and you have to meet people halfway and I think you have to be seen. And I know that officers and chief constables are heeding the call to kick out as many rogue officers as they can, but it's not going to happen overnight. And I should also say the officers who we found and who we compiled, they only make up a very, very small proportion of officers who put on their uniforms every day. They patrol their areas, they meet and speak to members of the community and really engage with the public. They're the ones who are there responding to crime, responding to, you know, reports of burglary or shoplifting and crimes against a person. That's what we need to see more of. In particular, how do you think it will impact people to hear the words of officers like Greg? When Greg told the victim survivor, who are you going to tell? I'm the police. The judge said that he knew the effect that it would have, especially the avalanche of publicity and public feelings since the murder of Sarah Everard and also the crimes of David Carrick. I think Sam Griggs said what he said to that victim because for decades that has been true. And that was certainly true of David Carrick, who intimidated his rape and sexual assault victims in many, many cases, saying, well, I'm a police officer, no one will believe you. And they didn't, because many of those women did go to the police or there were other reports about his predatory behaviour and nothing happened about them. So perhaps what I think is happening now, and the more and more of these people who are charged with misconduct offences or criminal offences, mean they have a chance that the public will realise that is no longer true and that you will be believed. And if you come forward, we will listen and we will investigate ourselves. But you really have to hold the line. You really have to keep going at this. And it has concerned me over the past year or so. Some senior officers have sort of said to me about the morale of the police force and that, you know, all the headlines are about what we're talking about here. And I think morale is certainly a big issue in the police service for a variety of reasons that belong to another podcast. But the good officers need these bad eggs to be removed from their police forces. And that's as simple as that. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Jane Mulkerins, and my guests, The Times crime correspondent, David Wood, and The Times chief reporter, Fiona Hamilton. If you're a subscriber and would like to read more about the 145 police officers convicted of serious offences since Sarah Everard's murder, we've put a link in the episode's description. The producer was Edward Drummond, the executive producer was Fiona Leach, and sound design was by Hannah Varrell. 
If you can, please leave us a review. It'll help others to find us. Have a good weekend. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Your History is a new podcast brought to you from The Times, and it brings together the real-life stories from our obituaries desk, which have been published for over a century. In this brand new show, we build on this legacy and explore the endlessly fascinating lives who have enriched and informed our own. Join me and our sponsor, Ancestry, as we journey through your history. History. 